All right, everybody, welcome to the fourth episode of the Underdog Training Podcast. It is your boy, Nick Maruka. Today is June 6th, 2017. It is Tuesday. It's a little gloomy day outside today. Uh, this weather's been all over the place, but um, I actually just got back from the doctor a little bit ago, had to go get a physical, and uh, I had to get a TB test for work. So that was a fun time. I actually got myself weighed for the first time in months. I'm still in the 170s, thank God. If I uh, if I drop below 170, I get a little upset. So I, uh, I'm just there. I was like 170 or 171 today. And uh, I was like, oh, thank God. Because I knew I'd been losing weight. Um, trying to, you know, still cut a little bit for the summertime. I'm going to be looking right when I go down to the Wildwoods in July. Um, so I got a couple months to get ready for that. I want to go in there. In some some of the best looking shape that I've been in, I think uh, I think I look okay right now. Um, not the best, but better than some people, I guess I should say. Uh, it's, it's nice though because I'm cutting kind of slowly, so my strength numbers have actually increased a little bit or uh, stayed the same. I haven't lost any strength, um, and I look a little bit better, you know, because I, like I said, I've been cutting, so um, that's nice. I actually hit a little arm day yesterday. Um, See, so yeah, I hit a little arm day yesterday. I, I have been doing just bicep stuff uh, for the past maybe four or five weeks on Mondays, which I don't actually do a lot. A lot of people think I do that just because I have bigger arms. Uh, I've just been genetically blessed to have bigger arms. You know, I don't got the biggest legs in the world, so I got to make up for it somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, what I want to talk about on this podcast is, as the title of the episode implies, uh, how to train youth athletes. Now, I work a lot with uh, middle school and high school age athletes, and honestly, I think it's the most rewarding uh, level of coaching. I've coached college athletes. I've coached D1 over at Temple. I was there last summer. Uh, I was a volunteer strength and conditioning coach for their football team. So, you know, that was obviously a fun time, especially because I was an alumni, um, and we had a lot of good guys uh, get drafted this past season. Uh, a lot of guys that I still keep into contact with, hopefully some of which will be uh, up on the podcast, possibly. I'm going to ask them if they want to be on. But anyway, I digress. Um, you know, youth athletes, it's a, it's a special, special place to train because you have the advantage of having kids when they're developing. And you can make the biggest impact on kids that way, I think. And you can see the progression from, you know, middle school up and through high school and college, hopefully, um, as they continue to get successful. But there's a, there's a big emphasis, obviously, around the world right now on, on youth fitness and exercise and everything like that. And uh, what I've noticed, though, is that there are a lot of coaches or trainers that don't necessarily know how to train younger kids correctly. A lot of people just throw them on a program um, that isn't necessarily built for someone of that age. You know, um, there's, there should be no program that you're throwing to a, a high school or younger kid that you know is the same thing that a, maybe a college athlete is doing but unfortunately that happens that happens a lot um with younger kids like that you want to stick to the basics and i think people try and use any kind of program that's out there and that what looks the best and what's the most flashy to uh, to attract parents and to attract customers in general because people are going to want to go wherever it looks the coolest. Um, they're going to want to go where their friends are going. you know. And I can't blame people for that. I understand it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what's best for the kid. Um, you know, the place I work, it's small. And, uh, 
you know, we have the basic things that we need and uh, we get a lot of really good work done. And that's because the, the things the kids are doing are very simple. Uh, they can understand them and we can progress from that. You know, uh, you start a younger kid who's maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, um, which is a lot of what I get. And, you know, the even the high school age kid, a lot of them have never trained before once they even get into high school. Um, and even if you're sometimes upperclassmen, juniors, sophomores, juniors have never trained before if you're getting them for the first time. So you don't know what someone's training is age is right off the bat. And, uh, you know, that makes a very, very big difference in regards to how you're going to program the workouts. And so much of what I do when I coach is we focus on, uh, you know, body weight movements and the patterns, hinging, squatting, pushing, pulling. That honestly is the core of my program. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky that I kind of have uh, my own reign to do what I want to do with my athletes at the place that I work. Um, and I use a lot of different things. I think another thing is people try and, and like I said, be too flashy or use too many things at once when everything is really just a tool. Um, and you can't just take a thousand different things and try and put everything into one workout because it's going to be too confusing for the kids. And you need to simplify it and stick to the basics. Um, so many of the kids nowadays can't even do a proper squat or a proper push-up on their own. You know, so you really have to get down into the nitty-gritty of the simplest of simple, excuse me, exercises, and and take it from there. I think there's there's an expectation sometimes from coaches, or maybe the coach is just too lazy to take the time to really get to know the kid and get to know what they physically need. Um, and I think there's not enough analyzation uh, from a lot of coaches when it comes to kids that age uh, of their bodies and how they have to properly move and things like that. Um, you know, so much of, like I said, is just hinging. And it takes a long time for some kids to understand even the most basic concepts. So we'll be doing stuff with, um, with PVC pipe, single leg RDLs with a PVC pipe, you know, the FMS corrective stuff. I do that a lot um, because that stuff is challenging for a lot of people. It's challenging for me. I mean, for obvious reasons, I actually went through an FMS for fun one time and, you know, my, my extreme mobility limitations because of my cerebral palsy, I think I got like a, the highest scores are 21. I think I got like maybe a, a, a 10 or less. Uh, <laughs> and even things like my shoulder mobility is really bad uh, from all the years of lifting and, and not doing enough mobility back then when I should have been doing it. I didn't know enough at the time to uh, be doing it properly, but you know, the, the basics are, even though it's boring sometimes, there's ways to make it fun. And there's ways to progress it where you're not always doing the same thing and you're using a different implement. And even that can be a big change because you don't want the kids to get bored. Um, so, you know, maybe one day we'll do a kettlebell goblet squat. The next day it could be a sandbag zercher front squat. Um, then you go into maybe a double kettlebell front squat. Um stuff like that because my kids are never going to back squat uh the kids that i have unless they are really highly trained and they're either you know upperclassmen in high school or college and i feel comfortable with them having a bar on their back so a lot of it is body weight eccentrics uh, just learning how to control that and understand the way their body's supposed to move and all the different muscles that they're using and using them properly 
and making sure they're in the proper position at all times. I'd never want to see a bad rep. If a bad if a, if a rep is bad, I'm going to stop you mid-set. I'm going to fix it. Um, and that's another thing I think a lot of coaches kind of just let things happen and, and watch and sit on the sidelines. Um, and that's, to me, those people aren't coaches. They're more like personal trainers. There's a very big difference between the two. Um, and that's kind of the shame right? that's going on right now is people just sit there and watch and they don't know how to properly fix things and probably communicate to the athlete what they want to accomplish. Um, so when you get down to the nitty gritty, if you want to, you know, if we want to go from squat, like I was talking about, so you got your kettlebell squats. Okay. Then you got your bar. So you go to your bar front squat. I, I really love the Zercher squat, uh, for personal and professional reasons because it's going to force you into an upright position. And you're immediately going to know that if you come too far forward, that bar is going to lose some of the tightness that you're supposed to be having when you're squeezing it. So you're squeezing it here, right, with the with the bar in between your elbows. And I've done this myself a thousand times. So if if you're if you're up there and you're you're forcing your body to be in that position, and your your shoulders are back, your back is tight, your core is tight, everything in there is tight. So there's no way that you're going to have a bad rep if you're engaged properly. It engages everything so well. But the problem lies in, and you know you're doing a bad rep. If you go too far forward, because that bar is going to come with you and all that stress is going to immediately be transferred to your lower back and you're going to have to kind of adjust from there and come back up from a bad position. And let me tell you right now, folks, it does not feel good. It does not feel good. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's tough. That's another reason I like it, because it doesn't <clears throat> feel comfortable at all. Um, and I don't let my kids when we're doing them, I don't let them use pads or anything because I kind of want to develop that mental toughness because that bar is not going to feel good in that spot. Um, and again, that's not something that we do right away. I build up to that. Um, and you know, you're going to get some marks on your arms and they're going to be there for a little while, but at the same time, even though it doesn't feel good, a lot of times what happens is they'll get done a set and they'll be like, Oh coach, this, this hurts, but it looks really cool. <laughs> and, and with kids like that age, that's kind of the thing that is important to them is they want to feel good. They want to look good and just enjoy themselves and have fun. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's so many levels of progressions and regressions that you go through uh, as a coach. And the basics are where you need to stick to. Uh, like I said, pushes, pulls, squats, push-ups, carries. Carries are huge, huge when developing initial strength and even past that point uh, you can do a lot with carries and you can vary them another thousand different ways um, so the kids are never knowing what they're going to expect yeah the movement may be similar but it's not going to be a hundred percent the same all the time and that's important um, another thing with that is you don't want to have a cookie cutter program um, unfortunately as, as, as I hate that phrase I've stumbled enough times there I hate that phrase uh, but it's true uh, there are a lot of trainers and coaches that kind of just throw a program out there that they either found or maybe is an old school program that they used to use. Um, sorry, an old school program that they used to use and they haven't adjusted it and they haven't done enough research and kept up to date with certain, uh, you know, certain training methods and stuff like that. They're just like, here you go. And they throw it out there. Um, I'm not going to name any names of people that do that a lot. Uh, you know, they throw it out there and they expect the kid to just be able to do it and they don't adjust 
based on the individual needs of the athlete. And that is one of the worst things you could possibly do because everyone is built differently. And I will talk about this all the time because, you know, my body is nothing like anybody else's. Um, And there are certain things that I do that you may look at, and this happens to me all the time as I'm at the gym, and you may look at it and say, man, he looks like he's really in a bad position or like that's really bad form or he looks like he's like hurting himself. And, you know, to the outsider, yes, it may seem that way. However, to me, that is the way my body does things. And I've uh, I've learned to work around my mobility limitations um, and kind of adjust on the fly and go from there, you know. So not everyone's going to be looking perfect all the time, but you want it to be as close to perfect as it can be. And there are certain times where you can kind of fudge uh, the form a little bit, as long as it's not extremely impactful on the athlete. It doesn't always need to be 100% perfect because that's just not uh, a normal expectation, but you want it to be as as best as it can possibly be. Um, But anyway, these programs, you know, you need to individualize. You need to know your athletes. And you may have a workout up for the day that, uh, you know, that you want everyone to do. And you can have a guy come in and say, coach, you know, I, I messed myself up the other day. Maybe they were playing a sport and they got injured somehow um, or they're just not feeling good that day and their body's really worn down. So you may need to either adjust the intensity, adjust the exercises or just have them do kind of a mobility kind of day. And uh, that's important. And you also need to know where the level of your athletes are, training age and and psychologically and everything else like that, because I have groups of kids that maybe even though they're the same age biologically, their training ages are completely different. Uh, Their stages of development in their bodies are completely different, so they're not going to be doing the same things. Um, I have, you know, I have kids that they're 13 years old right now. They're one of my biggest groups, um, at least the ones that, that train really hard. So they're all 13 years old. And... Some of them have been with me for a year. Some of them have been with me for a week or two. And that right there tells you that the kids that have been here longer and know things better are going to be on a different level than the kids that have only been here for a couple weeks. And that's the art of coaching. That is one of the most important things to be able to do is to adjust on the fly and have different workouts for different people. And, you know, even even during a warm-up, you may have a kid that has some uh, hamstring or hip mobility issues. So while everyone else is doing a certain warm up, you could have that other person on the side doing their warm up specifically meant for them. And it's it is a little bit easier um, at a private setting because you don't have as many athletes as you do in let's say you know a school setting. But at the same time, if you're in that kind of setting, which I will be uh, within the next couple of weeks, all the time, and I'm going to also have to learn how to do that a little bit better. Um, you know, a kid should know at that point, if you're in a high school and you have people that have been training with you for a little while, they should know what they need to work on. And, you know, all it takes is them coming up to you and saying, coach, I have a little tweak here and there. And maybe it's only a few minutes out of their initial workout that they, you know, you give them a couple of things to do right before they start working out. And that's it. Even though it's small, it's still individual and it still shows that you care about that person because they want to come to you and you can give them something to make them better and not just have them throw out out there a warm-up that's not going to benefit them. It's not going to fix any issues that they have. So like for me today, I have to train legs. And um, one of like the two or three days a week that I train legs, my warm-up itself takes me about half an hour uh, when you include foam rolling and all the other different mobility and stretches that I do. 
and you know the warm-up sets of my initial squat sets it takes me a long time and um you know, I'm lucky that I can have the time to do that. But if I didn't have that much time, I would still be able to pick and choose a couple things um, that you can do real quick to get your body ready. Planks, glute bridges, um, what we call leg drops, stuff like that. Just a few things here and there and just a little bit of foam rolling. You always, I, I always am a big believer of foam rolling before and after the workout. Um, huge, huge thing to do. So you always got to allocate that time. And if you're someone that, you know, knows that it's going to take you a little while or you need to get yourself in check a little bit, you got to show up early. You got to get it done beforehand so that you don't take time away from the meat of the workout. Um, you know, and, and with kids, it's just all about caring. And I know I've, I know for a fact, I've said this on pretty much every single uh, episode of the podcast so far. You got to care about the kids, and you have to have fun with them, man. It's it's not something that needs to be super intense all the time, especially at that level. And you know, a lot of times with these younger kids, especially, um, you know, if they're playing sports all the time and they're playing on travel teams and um, AAU teams and all that kind of stuff, they have a lot of stress on them simply from that. So they want to come to you and have fun and there's a big balance a delicate balance between having fun and getting the work done um my coaching style is probably a little bit different than a lot of coaches out there you know and a lot of that is because i'm a young guy i'm 26 years old so i can still relate to the kids that i train because there's not a huge generational gap which is a blessing and a curse at the same time um because there's so much of what's going on in the world that they're dealing with that I also can relate to or that I've gone through and not necessarily that too long ago. So um, sometimes my middle school kids will come in here and they'll just start telling me about their day and, you know, all kind of the, the drama that's going on and I don't necessarily have to respond to it. I just let them talk and let them tell me what's going on because I know they need to get it out of their chest, off their chest. Um, so I know they, they just want to come here and talk about it and, and tell me about it because... They don't really talk about it to anybody else, and they know they're in an environment where they feel comfortable to be able to do that. Um, and that's kind of the fun thing. Sometimes, literally, they'll come in and be like, Coach, can we not listen to music today so we can kind of just talk about stuff? And I'm like, absolutely. I have no problem with doing that. You know, um, And I'll, I'll put a song on, and I'll start. And this is a lot of from my person, my personality also. I'll put a certain song on. I'm a big country music guy. Uh, side note, Luke Combs came out with a new album. And let me tell you right now, if you're a country music fan, listen to Luke Combs' new album. He's the guy that sings the song Hurricane. Every single song on that album could be a number one hit. And I'm not trying to exaggerate that. I literally, there was not a single song on it that I didn't like. Um, So check that out. Um, Also, Chris Stapleton's recently released album and Zach Brown's band's uh, album. All three of those are just absolutely amazing. Anyway, um, so I'm a big country music guy. So I'll have a song on, and I know pretty much every song that comes on. And, uh, you know, I sing throughout this entire workout session because I don't care. I sing, and I I release my personality, and I dance around, and the kids start dancing around, and they start singing to it. And uh, sometimes people can, can see that, and they're like, man, this guy's either crazy or he just really loves what he does, and uh, it's a little bit of both. So, you know, it's it's different. It's different for sure, um, because I'll just start belting out a song, and uh, they're like, "Coach, they all sound the same." And I'm like, "No, they don't, guys. They don't all sound the same." And some of them actually have started to listen to country music a little bit more, and they're they're starting to appreciate it. And that's kind of what happened with me uh, when I was working out with Coach McKenna. 
uh, you kind of just learn to love it. And you know what? It's just, it's funny because if I don't have country on at this point now, a lot of times they feel like they need to listen to it because it doesn't feel right. They're like, this is not, they all put on like a different genre just for them to like, you know, something that they like. And they're like, nah, we want to listen to country because that's what we expect when we come here. And uh, that's what they get used to working out to. And it's funny. And I love that. Um, because you have to have fun. You have to do some stuff where they can, uh, you know, compete against each other. Not necessarily when it comes to the amount of weight that they're lifting, but that is a big part of it. Um, you always want to compete against yourself and the guys around you to kind of push each other a little bit. And, you know, that's not to say that even if one guy's stronger than the other, you still want to see everyone succeed. Everyone has their own individual levels that if they hit a big PR, I want every single person that's in that room to clap and be proud of that person and congratulate them because that's a big deal when you hit a PR. No matter what age you are, I still love hitting PRs. I always will. Um, strength is a crazy thing, man. It goes up and down all the time. So, um, And you have to have games. You know, there, It was a couple weeks ago. Uh, actually, it was like a month ago now on my birthday. And... Uh, I took the day and I said, you know what we're going to do today, guys? We're going to go outside because it was beautiful out. I said, we're going to go outside and we're going to play kickball or dodgeball or whatever you want to do today. And they loved it. They're like, coach, I wish we had a basketball hoop here so we could do that all the time. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, So I may try and do that. But you know what? You have to have that time with them to let them be kids and let them just enjoy themselves and, and have fun because... If you're not having fun while you're working out, then it's just going to become a chore, and you're not going to enjoy doing it anymore. Um, you know, even when I'm personally lifting, I love it. I love everything, everything about it. I, no matter who I'm with, you know, I have certain workout partners. My boy Craig Tobin, shout out. Um, you know, and we just goof around, and and I can see like the old people's faces, or the the older people's faces, I should say, that are looking at us like. These guys are really just sitting here and they're screaming about some stupid stuff. And, you know, if I have my headphones in, I'm usually singing to myself, too. I'm kind of one of those guys. Um, And, you know, they're like people ask me all the time, like, how can you have so much fun? And it's just you have to, man. You can never take yourself too seriously. And uh, anybody that knows me knows I'm like that all the time. My personality doesn't change. Uh, much, you know, my coaching style might change depending on the athlete that I have. If, uh, you know, I have to be more in your face with somebody and more caring to somebody else and kind of take it a little slower. That's how that changes. But my, my personality does not change much. Um, so I can be the kind of coach that I need to be in certain situations, but you're always going to be like, all right, this guy's kind of goofy, but he knows his stuff. And he, I show that I care. Um, because when it comes to younger kids, and unfortunately, I don't think a lot of coaches do this, at least strength coaches. Um, you have to realize that if you invest in their success in a way that you actually go out and watch them play their sport, that is going to do so much for them mentally that the physical aspect of it is going to come across in their training tenfold. I can I can tell you that from physical uh, physical from personal experience when I was an athlete and as a strength coach now because when uh, <laughs> again when I was when I was coaching football and uh, I I don't oh, man it's hard to talk about when I was coaching football and I suited up for my senior night and I had guys throughout the years of my coaching at, at my high school uh, come back. To, to see me in my in the uniform and to, to step on that field um, 
even though they weren't my coaches, they were my teammates and guys that I coached. And uh, in the kind of the reverse way, seeing that, it's the same thing, man, because those guys were older than me. And they came back when some of them had to drive out of their way, you know. Uh, they weren't even local, some of them. Uh, and they came back and they watched it for me. And uh, it was a big deal. And obviously you can tell from my voice probably that uh, I get a little choked up because it's important. And, you know, stuff like that's always going to hold true to my heart and, and how important that was uh, to the point that I have, you know, the, the number that I wore tattooed on my arm. Um so stuff like that. And I, I had a couple of kids that were playing baseball against each other a few weeks ago, and I went to their game, and their parents were telling me that they couldn't stop talking about it for, like, days because they were so excited and so happy that I went. Because when they're that young, they want to see that, and they, they see that you care and that you're not just a guy, that they show up to the gym, you tell them what to do when they work out, and they leave. That is not how I coach. Um and it never will be. So I always keep in contact with my athletes in some way or another. And I know what's going on when they're not here. And I try and make sure they're doing stuff that they should be doing outside of here. And I go to their sporting events because you have to support the kids that you train. And a lot of people don't do that. But when you do, like I said, it, it pays off. It pays off in a lot of different ways. Um, and it just makes me feel better as a person that I that I do that. Um and, and I will always be somebody that takes the time to show how much I care about the people that I know, the people that are important in my life, and the people that I train. They're not just athletes, and I consider everyone an athlete. So they're not just athletes. They are people that are part of my family. And, uh, you know, they're like my little brothers or something like that. You know, they're, they're, that's the kind of the mentality that I take. And I think you have to take that as a strength coach. And when you, when you have that, it's going to make a world of difference. So, you know, going back to kind of summarize everything, just stick to the basics. Don't go too crazy with your movements, all right? Use your kettlebells and your barbells and your, and your plates and dumbbells, you know, correctly. Use them when they're supposed to be used and don't, don't overcomplicate the workouts. Keep them simple. Keep them interesting and fun and make sure you're varying the movements uh, you know, from week to week or every couple of weeks, um, so it doesn't get stale. But stick to the basics, and then once you get those down and you've perfected the body weight movements, then you can progress from there and kind of have fun with things a little bit more. But don't progress too quickly. That's another thing. You and you can adjust the intensity, the rest, and the the reps and the weight and all that stuff. But not until you feel comfortable that they're ready to do that. And uh, it may take a couple weeks, it may take a month, it may take two months, um, but you will see it pay off. And, uh, you know, there was a kid that came to me a couple months ago that couldn't even do a push-up, and now he's doing uh, clapping push-ups. Now he can do planks with his outstretched arm up all the way, and he kind of he likes to show off a little bit. And, you know, I'm okay with that because I knew he came from a place that he was really struggling just learning how to use his own body. And... Uh, now he's got come a long way and it just takes time you have to be patient like i was talking about uh in last week's episode you have to be patient you have to just trust the process and if you know what you're doing and you do things correctly and just kind of go off what i like to use the long-term athletic development model um it's very very big and a very important way to train uh if you use that 
and you train youth athletes, I think that's one of the go-to standards on, on the way to do it. Um, you know, just do that and, you know, trust yourself that you know what you're talking about. Trust in yourself and trust in your athletes. And, uh, you know, if you get that across to them, they're going to trust in you. So individualize that. Make sure you know your athletes well enough and you understand their bodies from day to day. And take time to get to know them and to really understand where they're coming from in their lives every day uh, because it's important. You have to know that you care. They have to know where you're coming from and kind of just let them into your life a little bit too. You don't want to just have them look at you as somebody that you know doesn't open up and is sheltered. Open them up to, to what's going on in your life and I think it's going to come off a lot better and they're going to believe in you a little bit more. So hopefully this came across as a good episode. Um, again, check me out on iTunes, SoundCloud. I have, um, I'm recording this right now on YouTube also. So it's a video podcast now. And hopefully, please let me know, by the way, I upgraded to a new microphone and it's called the Blue Yeti. So if you notice a difference in the sound quality of the podcast today, please let me know. Um, I'm sure there, there's going to be a massive increase in sound quality, I hope. Um, so hopefully it comes a lot, a lot, uh, it comes out as a lot crisper and you can hear my voice a little bit better and the inflections in my voice and stuff like that. Um, cause I want to try to make this podcast as best as I can. And the audio quality is obviously the biggest part of it because that's all you're hearing is my voice unless you go on YouTube and you watch it. Um, So let me know how this sounded to you guys versus the other ones. Uh, Leave a comment on YouTube or if you go on iTunes and uh, review the podcast, that would mean a lot to me also. So thanks so much for listening, everybody. I'm going to go get ready to train some legs. going to crush it. I got all groups coming in tonight from four to eight, packed house. Can't wait to get some good work done. So everyone have a great day. Kill your training. Enjoy your life being underdog, which I'm going to talk about next time. And have a great day. I'll talk to you later, guys.